purposeful living is exponentially more gratifying than just chasing a check or mm. chasing fame or any other that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the 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 way the world looks different when you look at it through that lens. And every day becomes the most incredible day when you realize like you have <clears throat> you have the opportunity to instead of I have to. outside of you know things that i gotta do already what does a day in the life of cardinal look like never the same twice <laughs> <laughs> it could be it could be anything it could be anything from um you know i don't know a plane to europe um studio in new york on a you know on a tv set yeah um these days yeah these days it literally can be almost anything which is which is kind of dope you like it that way? Hell yeah. I wouldn't want to come to like the same place every day, sit at the same desk. No disrespect to, <laughs> <laughs> to anybody whose reality that is, but it's... Uh, Some people like that. Yeah, not for me. Yeah, I'd go crazy. You always like that, or is that something that you developed over time? I mean, when you say always, I mean, I remember I've been in the music business... Long time forever in a day so <laughs> i don't know what it's like i thank god like the only job that i had was at uh what's it called dhs in telecom that's the only job that i ever had and i definitely quit there in two weeks so is <laughs> that i was like nah i'd rather be poor <laughs> just, just, walked, just walked out did you yeah i was like yep i'm going on a break not coming back though <laughs> <laughs> So if you weren't doing music and all the stuff that you do now, what would you be doing? I don't know. Like, I literally have no idea. It's not even an option. It's just not something you consider. Nah, because it's like, all right, everything that I'm doing right now, music is kind of the at the core of it all. It's the nucleus, you know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> when I do the stuff as much fun as it is with Howie and the whole gang for Canada's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's still music that got me there. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't my love of fashion or <laughs> anything else. You know what I mean? Like first and foremost, it was my, um, my participation and my expertise in music. You know what I mean? That initially got them, um, intrigued to put me into the selection process and it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't something where they just called me one day. They're like, hey, you want to do this? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I had to go through um, through a a pretty uh, pretty rigorous selection process. Right. But I think it was dope, you know what I mean? Because it's like um, I was out of my comfort zone. And I think that's when the most growth happens, you know? Um, but just kind of circling back to the initial question, like, I don't know what I would, I don't know what I would be doing. I know when I went to York, um, I, I took mass, mass comm because my intent was to be a journalist of some sort at the time. So I think probably back then I saw myself like being on the six o'clock news or mm. something, something like that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, <clears throat> I was always 
exceedingly um like I did very well at oral presentations throughout high school and anything else, you know what I'm saying? So it's like at an early age I saw what certain strengths were. Um music was something that we did for fun. I didn't actually think there was a career in it until I got to York. Um cuz it was around that time that um How can I put it? Cuz it was still like super early days, but <clears throat> give you guys a story. I remember we went to perform at um Windsor University for Windsor Sports Weekend. Mm. And like back when I was in high school and university and all that, like Windsor Sports Weekend was yeah. was the yeah, time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just a crazy weekend and I remember they wanted me to perform at the, you know, the big the big Saturday event or whatever. And I remember we had parked, you know what I'm saying, me and the crew and we were walking as we usually did, where everybody else walks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you walk up the front to the main the main entrance. And for me, it was the first time, like, I'm walking. People are like, yo, that's Cardinal. I was like, like yo, that person knows me? That's crazy. <laughs> and then as I was walking, people were like, yo, that's Cardi. And I was like, you only get to experience that for the first time one time, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So I still, like, I still remember. I remember what I was wearing. I was wearing a, a custom... Uh, Curtis James outfit. Shout out to Curtis James. He uh, got me started on just wearing whatever I wanted to in, <laughs> in life. But he used to make me like some of the craziest outfits back in the day. Um, but yeah, I just remember walking up, you know what I'm saying? Like walking up to the spot. And I think that was when I first realized that I was, um, I guess, on my way to becoming famous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or infamous depends on who you ask. But <laughs> so okay, I'll, on that note, mm-hmm. I, I, I gotta tell the people that we're right now sitting with Cardinal Official. We are a yes. man who has yes. impacted Toronto, Canada, the globe, record labels, um, Juno winner multiple multiple times. A man who's essentially impacted our culture, the way we listen to music. You rep Toronto. You, you really push the scene out. You support other artists. I see it all the time. Cardinal, welcome to the Gents Talk Pod. Welcome, welcome. Gentlemen, it is my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there's another side. <laughs> I was going to say, here's the question. I know it's the Gents Pod, but are you guys really gentlemen? That's the real question. Uh, it just depends on the, the time of day, I guess. <laughs> depends, on, depends on your definition, I guess. I would, I, I would assume that. On most on most times I am okay. No, nobody's all things at all times. That's true. Yeah. This so, is very true. Yeah, very true. Very dope. Are you, very are dope. you a gentleman? Are you a gentleman? Yeah. I know you're a gallus, cause gallus department. But are you a, well, are you a gentleman? Cause a lot of I think so. Yeah, can a gallus and a gentleman? I think so. I mean, it depends on like the same thing. Your definition of a gallus and <laughs> and as a gentleman. Um, a gallus to me just means you can get the girls. Doesn't mean that you always need to get them. But okay. it means that you have the, ability. the option and the ability. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's the same with being a gentleman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, uh, I'm sure we can't curse on this, but... Oh, like, you can. Of course. Ah, well. It's one of those ones like, <clears throat> excuse me, to <laughs> me, like, if you're a pussy, well, I'm not going to be a gentleman to you. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you're cool, like, that's my default. You know what I'm saying? Like, my default is to always be um, a good guy. And I think that's important. And yeah. I think that that gets lost a lot of times. Like, I think people think anyone who's achieved any measure of success 
and notoriety is not going to be a nice person. Most and of them aren't. That's the thing. Listen, they, let me they tell say, you. Never meet your heroes, bro. It's the worst. I I exist in an industry that um, like I love what comes with it in terms of me being able to um, live out my wildest dreams and support my family based on my passions. That's an in, in, it's an incredible blessing. Like you know what I mean? Like without question. The only thing is that my industry on a whole um, is just it's lawless. It's like the wild wild west, and they refuse to um they kind of refuse to um create an environment that is just that is super positive like it's you know behind the scenes like it's a it's a terrible business you know what i'm saying in terms of the business aspect of it mm-hmm. sure it it allows for a lot of people to get rich but the interesting thing is at what cost there's so many artists that are not even just artists, but people within the entertainment industry, you, you hear it all the time, people that become, um, you know, addicted to alcohol, to drugs, people that have depression, anxiety, so many different things. And it's because it is the best and the worst place to exist. So for me, you know, to be able to be in it all this time and still have like a gentleman's disposition, like it doesn't, <laughs> listen, It's it doesn't... Um, it's not something that I take for granted at all because there's a lot of people that just mentally they're not strong enough for it. And that's that's a reality that a lot of people don't understand. You might have the gift, but there's so much more to it than than your gift. Like you have to be able to um, to navigate a, a typically unforgiving industry. You know what I mean? Like when you think about artists, the other thing is that there are just a handful of people that are able to have a long-term career. This industry is one that they'll chew you up and, and spit you out in a second. And if you're not able to navigate, you're not able to reinvent yourself, you're not able to, you know, be self-motivated, like, it's a very unforgiving industry. Like, I meet accountants all the time, and it's like, two plus two is always going to be four. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, sure, tax laws will change, and there'll be certain things that will develop that they'll learn and they're like okay cool duly noted and you know i mean they're just back to their regular mode of operations to where it's like the entertainment industry at any given time can shift based on you know what is in what's cool what's acceptable what the trends are you know i mean and i think for me it's a it's a it's a more risky place to exist but i want to be one of those people that are not living in a in a reactive space to where I'm just reacting to whatever those trends are. I'm part of the people that are always like 10 steps ahead. And it's only risky because the thing is, it's like I talk about visionaries and I say, if we were all visionaries, there would be nothing special about it. Like if everybody could could see what it is that I see, then there would be nothing special within me because you would have been able to do it or mm. you would have been able to do it or anybody else. But when you're a visionary, a lot of times you can see way, way, way down that journey, way down that path. And you just kind of have to hold the faith that eventually people will catch up and understand and see what you're seeing. But that's kind of like the double-edged sword, you know what I'm saying? Part of the, I'll never say the the, the curse but it's it's the gift and the lesson you know what i'm saying how did you navigate all that for so long 
you always you always have to be in a you got to look at life look at your career look at the journey as ever evolving and never think that you you know what it is mm-hmm. and you can apply that to whatever so you know insert here because the minute that you're like oh i know how this works when it changes you're screwed you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's like it's it's being able to to be malleable it's able to you know what i mean to like to be fluid and and figure out like how you move with the times but how you retain um a unique perspective and looking at everything with a particular lens because i think what hap- what happens is sometimes even when people see success they're like okay well i i've seen the success so i know what that formula is but people don't understand that that thing that um that people love today they'll hate tomorrow so you then got to figure out okay what is it what are the elements of that success that i can apply to my next move you know what i mean so i look at it the same way in terms of like you know the television space is a totally when i say totally foreign like obviously i've been doing tv shows interviews performances whatever for decades mm-hmm. but being a part of the tv industry is much different than just being a musical guest you know what i'm saying so it's like there are um different politics to navigate there are anything you can think of from compensation to you know trying to figure out okay what does this look like cuz like for music you do a song and if you have an incredible song that song can live in perpetuity it's just going to be out there forever but you know with a show sometimes there could be a hard stop like you guys had great success okay cool we're not renewing yeah and that's it you yeah. feel what i'm saying yeah. like that's it so it's it's a lot of learning but for me i never look at myself no matter all the different things that i've been able to experience accomplish um you know all the different contributions that i've made um i don't know i just think the way that i look at things is it's like i'm a forever student you know what i'm saying like um <clears throat> always be learning yeah what's that what's there's a there's a quote um the man who knows everything knows that he knows nothing at all yeah something like that mm-hmm. but yeah. that's 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 the realest you know what i mean like that's the realest thing ever um i think the minute that you think you know everything that's when life stops you know so it's like for me it's always being in a position to where um you always got to leave yourself open you know what i mean to to say well you know what maybe as sometimes you're convicted about something you're like nah this is the thing this is the way but you always i'll give you an example um <clears throat> pardon me there was a new artist that i was working with don't ask super long story but Idris Elba was involved in it mm-hmm. and he was um to be the executive producer for the artist album <clears throat> so we had done a video shoot with Hype Williams who's a fucking legend you know what i'm saying like worked with the biggest and the best of all time mm-hmm. and you know it was a shot in the dark but i reached out um to hype and Hype was like, yeah, you know, like he loved the song and he had this this crazy vision and he's like, yeah, I'll work with the artist. And so anyways, we went, we shot the video with Hype and the video came back. It wasn't never really spoken about this in public before, but like the video, I was on the fence. I was like, this is either really shit 
or this is really dope. Mm. And um, it's a wild spectrum to be on. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the one of the guys, shout out to Mark Nabetta that I was working with, who was the creative director. He's like, nah, this is trash. And I think I got defensive because, you know what I'm saying? It's like when you're an artist and you're working with art, like it it's so like it's super personal, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like it's a part of you. It's a, it is. And even when even when you're working with a different artist, the thing is you kind of like um you look at that journey as your own or part of it. You know what I mean? Cuz you're you're working with this person to to create their legacy and create something incredible for them. So you you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you hug it, you hold it close. And um it's interesting because I remember you know, we got into this argument or whatever, and I was like, Tch. I was like, all right. Anyways, then the following day, I spoke to Idris, and he's like, bruv, this is shit. He's like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, we had the whole conversation about it, and I went back to Mark, and I was like, bro, I was like, you know, you were right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that even though we had, you know, it is what it is, like, within, you know, with, doesn't matter like with any type of art you're always gonna have you know differing opinions and so forth it's just like i don't know that's that's part of the that's part of the unpredictable part of of the music game and art in general is you just never know like sometimes people think they have hit records and they put it out and it, it has all the all the elements and it falls flat because of various things the way the way that it was put out, the timing, right. you know, does it resonate with where we are within society? That's another big, another big thing. And um, I say all that to say, like, you have to be, you have to be open to constructive criticism. And I think constructive criticism gets lost in today's society because we're just always tearing, tearing each other each down. Other. Like, yeah. at, like, and that people, seems to be more prevalent in the music industry. Oh my god, it's the worst. You know what I'm saying? Like people but think why? that their comments are constructive criticism. Nah, bro, that's that's you're a full hater. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? It's not constructive. And then yeah, being able to like <clears throat> constructive criticism. Yeah, people think just because you're able to express your opinion that it means that you should. Yeah, there's and that's a big difference. Like just because I have an opinion on something doesn't mean that I should always express it. Like. It doesn't always mean that your opinion is correct, because it's an opinion. You yeah. tell you tell that to <laughs> to everybody on right. social media, yo. Like, it's do you pay a, attention a, to the comments? It's a wild place. Nah. My comments aren't that bad, to be honest. Okay, if I'm being completely honest, like, there's, I've never been a massive social media guy. Like, mm. it's weird. Um, you know, J Cole has that that joint middle child. Like, that's how I often feel because I existed for a good amount of time um, before the internet and social media. And I know what it's like to kind of like be introduced to that world. And now we're in a, we're in a space where everything is social media. Yeah. So I kind of know, you know, those three very distinct times. Like I know what it feels like. And <clears throat> I think if you're young and you're coming up in the world now, it just kind of feels like, um, sorry, this is a, CEO of Def Jam. That's the only reason why I'm keeping my phone on is because I'm like the CEO of Def Jam. In case, calls. <laughs> case there's a fire, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, for me, if if I had the opportunity, like if somebody's like, all right, yo, we're gonna 
do away with social media um, or we're going to keep it, wipe that shit mm-hmm. for, in a minute. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If you wipe that in this hypothetical realm, mm-hmm. how, are you, how are artists getting their music out? Because you're seeing a lot of that happen. <laughs> the, the way, uh, there's a lot more work. I think the reason why people wouldn't want to get rid of it is because there's such a like there is you know, you know how much heavy lifting it was to become a star it's actually a good a good point that was that you brought up because or that you bring up because unfortunately i don't think we are ever going to see real superstars exist um, I had a conversation with my wife the other day because obviously the world went ballistic when they announced the Beyonce tickets or whatever. <laughs> and she's like, yo, listen, like this might be the last of its kind that we see. And I was like, what are you talking about, you know? But then I was thinking about it and I was having some conversations with, you know, some other friends that are in the business. And it's like, yeah, the circumstances under which certain superstars were created and built doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Way too, we have way too much access right now. There's no mystique. Yeah, there's um, no mystery. There's no, but on top of that, there's even the demand is different. We live at a time now where, as massive as Beyonce is, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that her streaming is is going to go well just because she's Beyonce. Same mm-hmm. thing with Rihanna or any other Drake, any like anybody else. You know what I'm saying? There was a time where, of course, they're gonna do better like comparatively they'll do better than you know your average person but it's no longer uh that thing to where it's like uh you know think about like uh, i don't like bringing his name up but think about like when kanye west and 50 cent had that Mm. remember that that whole battle to see who was going to sell more in the first week and all that that's all done and people don't like artists also don't they're never going to understand what it's like to have people purchase your music Mm. and that is so significant and it's something that we don't talk about almost at all within the media but what you have to think about is like right now what you're doing is you're fighting for people's time as opposed to their money and there's a massive difference between the two if if years ago you wanted to buy a cardinal album Mm. you would have had to say all right cool I have X amount of money that I put aside this week for entertainment purposes. So if I want to take a girl to the movies, if I want to buy a new pair of jeans or a new pair of J's and I want to buy music, like all these things are things that like, you know what I mean? That you, you put into your thought process and you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to go to wherever you live. I'm going to go to HMV or I'm going to go to tower records or whatever, (laughs) but I'm going to buy a CD. You had to, take your ass on the bus or get in your car go to the mall go all the way there walk into the place look for it find it go to the cash register buy it then have to peel off the now peel off the plastic and then either put it in in your car or you would have had to wait till you get home whatever yeah but that whole process you have a much better relationship with music as a product than you do now to where it's like it's so disposable if i'm like yo bro did you hear the new whomever you literally it takes this long hold on what's his name you listen to it and they're like yeah this is dope or it sucks yeah but that's it that's the transaction the other thing is that you also have a lot of artists who are 
celebrating with the fact that they have X amount of streams. What you don't understand or what a lot of people don't um, really take into account is the fact that a lot of those streams are from people that think you suck. And it happens all the time. Think about it like this. If you're like, yo, this guy's trash. What? Mm. He came out with this song. It's so whack. You got to check it out. All right, hold on. You go to Spotify and you stream it. That same stream from that person that hates you is lumped in with everything mm. else. Mm. So when you have a billion streams, depending on the artist that you are, half a billion of those could be people laughing at you that are like, yo, this is so trash. Mm -hmm. You got to check it out. As opposed to, like I said, purchasing um, actual CDs or vinyl or cassettes or whatever, haters aren't going to go to the store and buy your yeah. music <laughs> to check it out. You feel what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and this absolutely. is like, people are not even really like peeling back the layers to understand the psychology of what's <laughs> happening within music right now. You know what I mean? So a lot of times you have these lackluster artists that are like, yeah, look at what I'm streaming. And I'm like, bro, you don't understand. Like, it's just novelty. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're being clowned all over the internet, so people are checking you out. But a couple months from now, like, it's a wrap. So there's this massive shift that is happening. But the thing is, what's so interesting is it's happening in silos. So people don't, I don't even know if they care, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, to them, they're like, oh, shoot, I can pay 10 bucks a month and have access to all the music in the world. This is incredible. But it's the same way that now music is being devalued little by little by little by little. So it's not a big thing. Is there a solution to any of this in your mind? Well, it depends Outside on who, well, that's the thing media. is <laughs> in order for there to be a solution, that's indicating that you think there's a problem. So depending on who you are, it's not necessarily a problem. There are some people that love it because if you're an up and coming artist and you want to get your music out there, that's the thing is like, I never put a, a value or a price on my demo tape. I just wanted people to hear it. Mm -hmm. But now in this day and age, if you're a new artist, putting your song up on, you know, up on whatever DSP, that is your demo tape because you want to be discovered. You want for people to hear you. So for them, they're like, oh, this is incredible because now as many people as possible can hear my music. The only thing is it's like where we are able to properly monetize our talents or be compensated is within the world of experiential things which is primarily concerts you know what i mean what if i so if i like somebody's song mm -hmm. or i favor to put it on the put it on my playlist that doesn't uh like help the artist at all define help in the terms of count towards i guess more because you said like the streams doesn't matter if you like them or don't like them so like if you or to like like it, maybe that'd give them an extra stream or something as a, like a no, 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 no. So basically, what I meant is that like um, before, like if you heard that making it up, who's your who's your favorite artist these days? Even that, uh, even, even that question doesn't really make sense because we listen to so like there's yeah, so many yeah, artists. I just so went through like four or five. Yeah, before you mind. couldn't I even know. listen to as many artists at the same time. Yeah, before like that's the thing is before like if you were or I'm making it up and just keeping it hip hop. If you were a ludicrous fan, mm. like you're a diehard ludicrous fan because there weren't that many, you know what I mean? There weren't that many people that were out that were getting that type of yeah. look, that were getting that type of support, whatever. Or that airtime on television, because mm. that's really where you got most of your content. All of the above, all of the above. So it's like, when you think about streaming, you're talking about like or dislike. Mm. That's the thing is it's like, it doesn't really matter because there's a lot of things that I've 
give like you know i've streamed Mm -hmm. but i'm like this is trash you know what i'm saying or it's like if we ever wanted to like me and my boys if we're you know say we're having a domino's night at the crib or whatever it is Mm. and it's like we wanted to play something for a joke still that same joke counts as a stream Mm. you know what i'm saying but here's the thing from um if you're a successful artist it's it's tough because it's like Still to this day, I'm still like, yeah, how many streams is it before the record goes gold? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, even um, how you get paid um, from the streams is something that artists are still fighting for. Because, and I'm making up the numbers, so don't hold me to the numbers, but I'm mm-hmm. just trying to explain so you can understand the context. If you have a radio hit, like I'm making it up, but say like When Dangerous came out, that mm-hmm. was like my first massive smash global whatever um say just for the conversation that every time you heard it on the radio you would that would be the equivalent to like 50 cents Mm -hmm. or 75 cents so if you have a song where like dangerous to where you go to turkey you go to japan you go to mexico you go to wherever and you're hearing this song on the radio and it's playing all day, every day, that artist is going to be compensated tremendously. Like, they're, like if you have a worldwide hit and it's mm-hmm. on radio around the world, just know that that person's making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Not the same for streaming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could have a massive streaming hit. You're not going to even see 50% of the money that you would um, if this were years ago when the biggest vehicle was, you know, was the radio. Yeah. So it's like we... A lot of times now we got to That's why you that's why you have these artists that are forced to do so many different things because compensation is is a lot different. What people don't understand is it's like sometimes um, making it up. Who's a mysterious figure? D'Angelo. D'Angelo would make an album like once every five years. But the thing is, when his album does well, he would be able to like to chill for a few years, you know what I'm saying? And be out of the public eye, live his life. And, you know, his fans would be like, damn, where's D'Angelo? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it would be a treat for us. Like, if we're like, oh shit, like D'Angelo's coming to town. Like, it's something that you savored. It's something that's crazy. Like, it's something um, that meant something to you. But now, it's like, it doesn't matter how big of an artist you are, you have to do so many different things because that's the only way to remain, I hate the word, but people use it over and over again, is to, to be relevant. Mm-hmm. And today, I guess the definition or, or how relevance applies to the music industry or entertainment is to be is to have several different touch points. You know what I mean? It can't just be that, you know, on Spotify, you're on my favorite playlist or... Um, you know, your song is going crazy on TikTok. Now I also have to see you in a magazine. Now you got to do a podcast. Now you got to do like all these things all the time. And it doesn't give the artist enough, in my opinion, it it, it usually doesn't give the artist uh, the same amount of time to be an artist and to create because they're constantly having to like feed the public because now we consume at such a high rate. Like it's like, Two months, we're like, yo, where's the new project? I'm like, yo, I just put one out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I gotta live. Like, most artists have to live life so that they can actually write about something. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? True. Like, here's the: th- if I'm dropping six projects 
this year alone, right? Say project number one, I'm writing about family. I'm writing about, you know, the second one is just whatever. I'm just wiling out just on some narcissistic shit. You know what mm. I mean? Just dropping bars. The third one is about love. The fourth one, like, what am I going to write about next year? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like, well, what did you experience? I didn't experience anything because I've been on a promo trip this entire year trying to promote all these projects. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, before, yeah. for us, it used to be a scenario to where like you 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 work towards that big drop that big you know what i mean that big album you know the whatever it is you do that and it's it's what we used to call the album cycle you know what i'm saying it's like you you have the album you put out a certain amount of singles to support the album you typically would go on tour so forth and so forth and then after the tour cool you're out of your album cycle now you're taking a break you're going to live life for a little bit figure out what that next album is going to be about that what used to be like you know i don't know two years maybe maybe three if you stretch it now it's like literally people have to drop once a year you know what i mean and that's that's just what it feels like or else people are like oh you're gone away too long yeah. think about it like this i heard it the other day and i was like wow that's so wild when dmx dropped two albums in one year and they called it the the year of the dog or whatever mm. That was a big deal because yeah. <laughs> nobody did that. Nobody dropped two projects in one year. Like yeah. people are like, "Yo, this is insane!" He yeah. dropped two successful projects in one year. Literally, <laughs> people are dropping like four projects <laughs> in one year. Sometimes, you know, in twenty twenty three. So it's just wild how the the shift is happening in entertainment. Um, but and and listen, it is difficult behind the scenes. It is difficult for a lot of artists to to keep up. So let me ask you a question. A little earlier, you mentioned how the space itself in the music industry doesn't necessarily cultivate a positive environment for artists. Mm. How does that narrative get changed? How does that move in the right direction? Is this a the record labels have to to do something is it just the community of artists that have to do something is it the middle everybody's got to work together on it um i don't think there's one entity that's necessarily um solely responsible um i hope that something bad doesn't have to happen before people change the way that they think about what it is that they're doing because like i like have you guys ever spent time looking at the comments at any of your favorite artists like they're really looking no, in the comments they're terrible it's crazy yeah you know what i'm saying People like are vile online. It's, it's insane they really are and it's like especially depending on the type of artist that you are it just gets worse and worse and worse and it's like it's the most bizarre thing to where i'm just like i don't personally get it because i i really couldn't see myself like if i was just just a regular civilian or whatever like just going to somebody's page and being like, you suck, you're trash, your kids are ugly. Like, people say the worst thing. The craziest thing, I think, is when you see, let's say somebody says something about Beyonce, mm. and that you go to that you go to the person, that famous person's Instagram, mm -hmm. and the first comment has nothing to do with anything. People just... And, and they start feeding on each other. Just, just, shitting on, just shitting on that person just because that person's... Like, a, mm -hmm. they probably don't even know that person is. They go, they go follow that person out. Mm -hmm. Go and comment on their stuff just vile shit it's what yo it's wild just out defending there. on on behalf that was probably just a misunderstanding in the first place yeah like it's 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 it is super super wild and and that's why like you know if you go to drake's page right now i don't know what 
filter thing he has on it. Mm -hmm. But if you look at his comments, he did it in a way to where um, just the average person can't can't comment under his page anymore. Mm. So he probably at some point in time said, yo, fuck this. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, we don't look at these people as just as humans, but these guys, like, Forget nobody's it, skin is that thick. Yeah. Nobody's skin is that thick. Yeah. And, you know, we live in times where, never mind being an entertainer, but just the average person, like, think about all the things that we just lived through, literally, like, you know, during that whole, um, the pandemic or, you know, post-George Floyd and all these different things. Like, these were times that were so difficult for so many people. Like, a lot, a lot of people went through, ver like, various mental health issues. You know what I mean? From, from severe anxiety, depression, like, the list goes on and on. You know what I mean? And that's just for your average person. Um, a lot of men <clears throat> took their lives in the last couple of years. Yeah, like, yeah, suicide rates going up. Like, there's a lot of wild things that happen in society. Now, as as gentlemen, <laughs> you know what I mean? As people, we're like, okay, cool. Like, we have to adjust our lives and figure out how to deal with that. And we, a lot of us did it in various ways, whether it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, relying more on community or family or seeing therapists or educating ourselves, whatever it is, we figured out ways to get through it. Now, think about that, except that, and a lot of people maybe, I don't want to keep saying a lot of people, but um, not everybody has access to what it's like to be a part of the artist community or be a part of the celebrity community or what have you. Now, yes, a lot of people are like, oh, cry me a river on your million-dollar pillows or whatever. But the reality is that a lot of these people don't get to enjoy some of the simple things, you know what I'm saying, um, that regular people do. You know what I mean? Like, say your grandmother lives in the projects, and it's like, yo, I'm going to go see my grandmother. You know what I mean? It's a whole thing yeah. for somebody just to want to spend time with their family. And sometimes... You know, I've, I constantly explain this to my family because I think, I hope that they get it now. But it's like, somebody's like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, just meet me at Fortino's. And I'm, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want to be bothered at Fortino's today. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there's times where I'm like, you know, I'm... Sometimes you just Bu I'm buying me. sanitary products for my wife's monthly or something. Mm -hmm. So you have your hand on a box of, <laughs> a box yeah, yeah, of pads yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a guy that's like, oh my God, yo, Cornell, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Yo, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm buying pads. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, um, even I've had to explain, even to my own mom, like, <clears throat> it's very difficult for somebody that's never led that life to understand what it's like you can't do anything without the possibility of somebody knowing who you are. And that is, um, it's costly. There is a price to pay, but for me, like the balance, it, it always works out. The minute that the balance is unhealthy, that's when I have to reassess what I'm doing in life. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, like, you know, some of my best friends, yeah, we'll go out to dinner or whatever. And we're having a great time. Um, but then somebody's somebody may interrupt us for dinner mm. or you may be having a moment in in your real life where shit something horrible might have happened and you're crying 
And you can't just be a dude that's crying in his car or that, you know what I mean, just got the worst news ever and wants to take a minute to himself. You then have to put on this face because if you tell somebody, yo, fuck off, I'm not in the mood right now, all of a sudden, yeah. Cardinal's a fucking asshole. And da, that da, da, news da, da, will da, travel da. a lot faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, it's just, you know. Do you think there's enough support mechanisms, um, formal, informal, for men in the music industry? No, not even for men or women. Um, I think it would be so, so incredible. The same way that <clears throat> there are, <clears throat> pardon me, there are some industries that did start to incorporate um, having therapy be part of their benefits and having in-house therapists mm-hmm. and things of that nature, people that you can talk to. And I think right now there's nothing in place, like, and there's not even a dentist like think about it like this if i if you sign today and listen shout out to the world famous def jam you know what i'm saying like it's a great place to work at but i'm just talking in being very general yeah. like when you sign your deal it's not like there's a health plan that goes along with it you feel what i'm saying yeah. um you kind of have to hopefully figure this stuff out on your own never mind uh taking care of your uh your mental health but so many things we need to have access to um, as men, for sure. Um, but it's like financial literacy. Like, mm. what is it that you do with your finances once you have them? You know what I mean? Like, how do you retain it? And that's how a do you... slippery slope because it comes in droves. And then all of a sudden, you see a lot of artists years later claiming bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. You know, they've spent you, too much money. And... If you don't know what to do with the money, the next thing you know, you get a million dollars on you. and it's Well, that's the thing right. is there's some people that get a million dollars and think they actually have a million dollars, not knowing that exactly. you probably only have 564000 yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you're here like, okay, I'm going to buy this you, house you for my mom. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden the tax man is like, okay, cool, I need my 470-something thousand now. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, trust me, listen, I've, I've been through it myself. Like, I had to learn many moons ago, but I had to learn about even something as basic. And I, you know, I try and mentor a lot of the, the kids that I'm working with now. Like, I didn't even know what it was, the difference between having an incorporation and being a self-proprietor. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like the, the tax breaks you get, the things you can write off, this, that, and the next thing, like, None of these things were explained to me. And, yeah. you know, my parents, you know, God bless my, you know, rest my dad's soul and big up my mom. But they're coming from Jamaica. Just coming here and finding a better life for us, that was the goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when these aren't necessarily things that I learned from them because, A, nobody taught them. And, B, you know, they they never passed a certain tax bracket. So they didn't even understand what it was like to make a certain amount of money. So it's funny because I said to <laughs> The other day, um, during the pandemic, um, my, me and my mom had our first conversation about like finances and things of that nature. And I'm like, yo, why didn't you teach me this when I was mad? Yo, you know how much money I wasted <laughs> when I was younger? But again, I think that's why, you know, that's why I'm, I feel great to be in the position that I'm in because it's like whatever I learn, I try and pass on to these up and coming artists that are, that are coming up now because just, even where to put your money, like, <clears throat> you know, I invested in um, in a bunch of land and I didn't understand the importance of real estate, you know what I'm saying? And, and knowing how valuable land can be and knowing that there's a finite amount of land on this earth, no matter how many people populate it, you know what I'm saying? It's like it just, the value is going to go up for all intents and purposes, even though the market, 
you know, the market will change. Generally speaking, there's a finite amount of land. So purchase yours because there's not going to be, you know, in 20, 30, mm. 40 years from now, there's not going to be that amount of land. Mm. And we have these conversations with, <clears throat> you know, sometimes the kids, um, sorry if I'm calling you guys kids, sometimes the younger artists will, you know, they'll come up to the crib and they'll be like, yo, this is crazy. All this land is yours. I'm like, yeah, but if I knew about this, 15 years ago, mm -hmm. I probably could have had like three or four of these properties, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I feel like you learn everything that you learn um, at a very specific time. And I'm, you know, just my belief system, I feel like God, there's a reason why he wanted me to learn everything at the time that I did in the way that I did, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I just feel supremely blessed. And what's incredible is that... Um, it just feels like he's just starting to open doors for me, as wild as it sounds. Like, you know, I've been, the other day I did, um, I hosted something for TIFF um, for their Black History Month celebration and yeah. um, did this whole campaign with them. Like, they have all these, like, most of my favorite movies from the 90s, they did this whole series, you know what I mean, called uh, Perpetrating Realism. So they had everything from, like, Boys in the Hood, mm. Set It Off, New mm. Jack City, Love Jones, House Party, like, all, all the dope movies. So... Um, what we did was we did this interview that will play um, before each of the movies, you know what I'm saying? So they interviewed me and I kind of, we had this conversation um, before the movie starts, but I did one in person the other day. And here's where I'm going with this. So before she introduced me or before I took the stage, she was introducing me and she was just listing off all the things. And I was like, it's like, yo, that's wild. Like there's so many things that like I forget and you know, one of my best friends was like, you performed for Nelson Mandela? I was like... Oh, no, I didn't even know that. Yeah. As a kid, I, I, I... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... How was that? So, you know what? With all due respect, it's like, how was that is a question that you say, like, yo, you performed at the most in stage. Like, how was that? For Nelson Mandela, like, Nelson Mandela, he's somebody that I literally thought I would only see in a history book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this this is this um this person that impacted the globe like nobody else has in history. And he was in jail for twenty seven years. And then you're like, what? They're gonna release him? Already bananas. Yeah. What? He's coming to Canada? Again, already incredible. But then they're like, and they selected you to perform. I was like 14 or 13 <laughs> or something. Like, it was, listen, to this day, there's only a handful of people that could say that they performed for Nelson Mandela. Mm. And especially, like, when he was just released. Yeah. Like, he was still married to Winnie Mandela at the time. Like, I mean, this is fresh, mm. fresh, fresh out. And, you know, as a kid, performing for somebody that's, that you've read about, you know, your whole life. Cause think about it. Like at that time, what, whatever I was 13 or 14, that was only half of his jail stint. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he was in jail, double my existence on the planet. So as you're reading this, it's, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's not the same, but it's like, imagine you, your whole life, you read about Albert Einstein and they're mm -hmm. like, yo, he's coming to your school. Like yeah. Yeah. how crazy that is. So, I mean, you know, performing for Mandela, um, you know, I performed for the royal family in London before. Um, so many, 
<clears throat> just legendary thing. Like I ran with the Olympic torch. You know what I'm saying? Like I have the Olympic torch at the crib mm-hmm. with. Oh, you got to keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although I did have to pay for it. Um, <laughs> but like you so. know, the smoke. That smoke is from that eternal flame that has never been put out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and I have the soot on the actual torch. Like, I did a lot of things in my life where it's like when people, like, if you were to look at it on just a spreadsheet, and you're like, "Yo, that's wild." You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what a life. Just some of the craziest things. But I truly feel. Like where I'm at right now, like it feels like the door is just opening. And that's an intense but such an incredibly blessed position to be in. But I think if I'm being honest, it's because um, maybe the feeling is like that because the last few years taught me to really um, live with purpose, to live in a constant state of gratitude and make sure that I'm always very clear um, with what my intentions are and what I what I want them to be, and I think purposeful living is exponentially more gratifying than just chasing a check or mm. chasing fame or any other that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah the 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 way the world looks different when you look at it through that lens, and every day becomes the most incredible day when you realize like you have <clears throat> you have the opportunity to instead of I have to you yeah. know what I'm saying like in, if somebody's like yo what are you doing oh, I gotta do this podcast no I have the opportunity to do this podcast today mm-hmm. you know what I mean yo what are you doing today oh man I have to take this 12 hour flight to Europe to go check this artist out no I get to go mm-hmm. to Europe and check that artist out or whatever it is and I think even with even with language, I'm like, I became such a stickler for language. Like, I want to make sure that everything coming out of my mouth is purposeful. Is, is purposeful, and it's and I'm looking at it the right way because I don't ever want to. Even with all the things that we're talking about, and yes, although there is a lot of negativity within the entertainment industry, it is what it is in terms of. Sometimes you have to understand the way that something is currently, but it doesn't mean that it has to stay like that. It doesn't mean that, you know, all the the negativity that we're talking about that is the seems like it, it gets all the attention within the media these days and within social media and all the rest of it. It doesn't mean that it has to stay like that forever. So the fun part is like, all right, how are you going to change things? How are you going to add more value to the music industry so that it doesn't seem so disposable? What are the different things that you can contribute so that you can change? And that's the thing is I've seen people that have what seem like outlandish ideas. I've seen them execute and all of a sudden the industry does change. You think that, what year are we in? 15, let's go back 20 years ago. We. You think that at 20 years ago, I would have said to you, yo, so there's an actor on Degrassi and <laughs> he's gonna be the number one, not rapper, but he's going to be the number one artist in the world. If I said that 20 years ago. Even watching the show, like, oh, yeah, this guy. You know what I like, mean? No way. No, no <laughs> way. There's no way. And not not even to go in it because it's been spoken about several times. But I'm telling you, like, even when I told Akon about, you know, about Drake and he was like, sure, guy. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, he's like, yeah, I love Cardi, but he's out of his mind. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but a lot of things that Drake ushered in 
even like him tapping into his emotions, um, not just on one song, but that's what his identity was. Because remember when he came in, he was the guy that like, you know, hip hop was very, very testosterone driven and hyper masculine and that whole nine. And he really ushered in a whole generation of artists that were now able to start like talking more about their feelings, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, whatever they called it, emo rap or whatever, but it's bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? Like he changed, he literally changed the way of how people viewed hip hop and how hip hop viewed itself. Cause to that, you know, up to then, you know, it was created because listen, the reality is that in the Bronx, like, you know, there was a lot of gang banging that was going on. There was a lot of crime Mm -hmm. and, you know, <clears throat> hip hop was a form of escapism at the time from all those crazy things that were happening. It's a way that people came together. And that's why, you know, it used to be in those early days in the eighties or the seventies, even it was peace, unity, love, and having fun because that was a way for our community to be able to celebrate and get away from the everyday life in the ghetto and all the crazy things that yeah. were happening. Um, Do you think hip hop today still has a problem with masculinity? In the way it, no, it I don't think it. so. Think I think there's enough cool. of a balance. Okay. Um, yes, like hip hop has a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems. Um, I think what's dope is that for everything that um, I may personally um, not love about it, the thing that I do love, there's enough of that mm-hmm. to go around. Yeah. So if I'm like, oh man, I don't want to listen to these guys today, like every song. Sometimes within the mainstream, it just feels like everybody's killing each other, like mm. way more than back in the day. Because people were like, yeah, well, Biggie and Tupac actually killed each other. I'm like, yeah, I hear you. But at the time, that was an anomaly. It wasn't commonplace. It wasn't commonplace. Mm. But like almost every song, it's about somebody's op, like somebody's mm. op is shooting somebody or I'm going to whatever. Like we hear that a lot. But I think for all all of that type of music that you hear there is something else that you can listen that will counterbalance that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think it's a great time if you want to do the work. I think what it is is before, um, there used to be, uh, what's the easiest way that I can say it? Um, In this country, if you think about Canada, um, if you made it onto Rap City, that meant that you were somewhere within your career. Yeah. If you're able to make it onto Master T's show, that means you're able to be somewhere else. When you made it to the random crossover mainstream thing, like Much On Demand or whatever, that just has all genres and you made it onto that, that meant that you were really doing something. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. were levels, there were things that you could actually point to and be like, oh man, like his That's song must really be doing yeah. well or else they wouldn't put him on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't have that anymore. And I remember it was like, I'm glad that I got to experience that even in the States, you know what I'm saying? Like even like getting to be on like, um, TRL or mm-hmm. uh, 106 in park and mm-hmm. all those things like that. Those were the indicators in this day and age. It's like, there's, <laughs> there are so many different platforms that there is, um, I don't think the indicators are as obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure, like, yeah, somebody's blowing up crazy on, on TikTok. That is definitely an indicator of today. Or, you know, you streaming a million streams a day. That is certain a certain indicator. But we don't have, um, you know, we don't have as many, as many of the, the touch points in between. 
Um, and I think even for artist development and artist growth, I think those things are important because there's something for you to look forward to. You know what I'm saying? There's like, oh man, I got to keep my eyes on that. I know the minute that I'm able to do such and such a show that, you know, that means I made it or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. But there's, listen, there's people that are wildly successful um, and are streaming tens and hundreds of millions. Doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's going to know you. Mm. And going back to something that we spoke about a while ago, unfortunately, um, that superstar is becoming more and more difficult to nurture and to help create. Because as society, we're not a monolithic society or monocultural as much as we were like 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there was a time when it's like, oh shit, Watch the Throne is coming out today. So everybody like, we're, you know what I mean? We're all in anticipation, mm -hmm. like waiting for Watch the Throne to come out. And then the next day we all have conversations about it, whether yeah. it's at school, the water cooler, playing basketball at the center, wherever you at, we are all talking about it at the same time because that's the way that entertainment used to work. There were these monocultural moments when Michael Jackson, you know, moonwalked on that um, anniversary um, episode of, um, or the episode, uh, the show, um, which one was it? I can't remember if it was one, like the American Music Awards, one of them. Yeah. But when he did that moonwalk, we all saw it at the same mm -hmm. time. When the Thriller video came out, we all watched it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So how is just get content like just thrown at you from every direction. At all times. Yeah. Here's the thing. If I said to you guys, yo, did you guys hear my new song that dropped last week? Both of you could be like, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know you dropped a song last week. And the thing is, there's no way right now for you guys to, in your minds, be able to verify if what I'm saying is a pile of shit or if I'm being serious. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because it's it's so easy for us to miss things. Yeah. Like there are superstars that drop albums. I'm like, when did this album come out? I had no idea. But that's mm. that's where we are at in entertainment. And that's why for me and what it is that I'm doing, it's like it is the wild, wild west. But it's like as long as you got the guns and you got mm. the ammunition, you know, it's a it's a it's a place that can have a great payoff if you are that person that is willing to take the risk, if you are that person um, that has a vision, if you are that person that is willing to take the good with the bad and knowing that there is a specific goal in mind, then it's a <clears throat> amazing time to live because as much as it seems like things are all over the place, there is also opportunity um, for the incredible things to see significant growth in a very mm -hmm. short amount of time. And I think that's the stuff that is, that's exciting. The, the appointment with Def Jam, mm -hmm. that, that seems to, to give you what sounds like just listening to you talk, it seems to, to be a place or a space that's going to give you the, the platform to, to sort of build your vision for what the music industry could be. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think what it is and, and what I, you know, shout out to to Tunji and shout out to Latrice. Um, what I love is that there was a mutual respect. Um, before I went to Def Jam, uh, unlike most, I had the opportunity to, you know, shout out to the, the good folks at the Universal Music Group. Oh, maybe they heard us talking. Um, <laughs> for all those that can't see, I just got a text from them. Um, but they were like, yo, you know, the the up the the higher ups at, at Universal Music Group in the states they're like yo, you know where do you see yourself? Because I I felt like I had outgrown Canada at the time, and 
I was like, yo, Def Jam seems like the place. You know what I mean? Like Tunji, at the time, Tunji was just about to start as the CEO. And um, it's funny because Tunji was our intern when Dangerous came out at Interscope. You know wow. what I'm saying? So it's like somebody, you know, you hear about those people that make it from the mailroom yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. to the C-suite. Like it's a literal example of somebody that like worked his way up within this industry. And, you know, he's responsible for everybody from Khalid, SZA, Bryson Tiller, like, you know, mm-hmm. Wizkid. Like he just had a string of like far more than a dozen acts that broke worldwide. Right. So he became the CEO of Def Jam. And I'm like, yo, listen, like, the Def Jam brand has managed somehow to survive and still be um, like just what it represents within within culture, within music, within entertainment. Um, being able to be a part of that legacy is is an incredible opportunity. And then being able to work together with Tunji that has impeccable taste and Latrice that's like, yo, she she she's in them streets, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she knows everybody. <clears throat> pardon me they you know they announced it yesterday and she's a big part of the reason why DJ Khaled you know brought his we the best label over to Def Jam um you know working with those two in the time that we're in now like it is an opportunity that I that I couldn't pass up you know mm-hmm. what I mean and what I love is that uh not only do we have the resources but definitely have the support to go after the biggest and the best and the thing is that Tunji also knows that just based on my my history and my legacy that, you know, I either have different networks globally or the other cool thing is that people people know me because of, you know, all that I've done throughout mm-hmm. the years within music. You know what I mean? So it's like talking to somebody in Italy, I may have never met them before, but they're well aware of who I am. You know what I'm saying? Just based on the music that I've done yeah. and all the different things that happen. And I think that's why it's a perfect storm right now with everything that's going on. Like it just feels, it feels like, I know it's, it's very cliche and corny to say, but it really does feel like it is my dream job because I'm just having so much fun. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and it's a, it's a great time. It's a lot of work, but it's, it's dope, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just really dope. And I think, um, you know, on part of my vision board this year was, was to be brave. You know what I mean? That's that's part of what I wrote down in big mm. on my vision board was this year to be brave, but also figuring out ways um, to increase the give back. You know what I mean? And it's not always, you know, philanthropy is not just always about like doing charitable things or what we perceive in the stereotypical sense when we think about charity. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sometimes the give back is uh, giving a good word or you know, providing that optimism and giving somebody the energy, you know what I'm saying? Somebody Mm -hmm. that's listening to what we're talking about right now and they're like, yo, that's dope. I think I could do that. Or somebody that never even thought about maybe being on the executive side, somebody that's like, yo, maybe I don't, maybe I don't want to be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to be the dude that helps all the rappers in my neighborhood get on or whatever. Cause there's just so many ways to participate. They don't think about it that way. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's incredible, man. And, uh, on that on the note of giving back thank you for giving us your time oh man this was this was dope man man this was yeah i love i love having a uh civilized conversation (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's good but yeah no honestly this is this was this was so cool i mean i i've grown up listening to your music it's had an impact on me dope and to to be able to just sit 
in a room and chat with you is, is, is an honor. It's a privilege. And I appreciate you giving us your time and I appreciate you sharing the stories and the insight. Well, listen, let's call it, let's call this part one. Yes, part cool. one. Let's, let's call call do that. Part one. Let's yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part yeah. two will be, yeah, you know, at, at, your... at, the, at the Def Jam studio, we'll do part two. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's my vision. That's my vision. See, you gotta, See? You gotta roll, gotta like roll with it. Man. I like roll with it, man. I love it. I like it. <laughs> Word up. Cardinal, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming through. My pleasure. Thank my you. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone. Yes.